My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our show will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership and in pursuit of that aim, we're joined on today's programme by Adam Kilshaw, a former Royal Engineer in the Armed Forces, current IT system specialist and founder of Love a Job, a business which is looking to really shake up the recruitment process for the recruitment industry. Um, Adam, warm welcome to yourself today and uh, by all means, thanks for joining us on the show. Pleasure having you with us. Thanks very much, Scott. Yeah, um, Adam, it's uh, great for me to uh, sort of welcome you on and a uh, very fantastic uh, background you've got there, sort of making that transition from sort of an armed forces career into the corporate world. And that's something that I think we'll certainly uh, be addressing later on in the uh, the programme. But just initially for those listeners that might not be familiar with you, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about sort of that journey and um, what it is that kind of motivated you to make the move from that career into a more sort of business orientated one and what your motivations are behind actually going and sort of launching your own business? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I was actually from school. Um, I'd, I'd never really, I think I'll, there's many teenagers out there and even some of the adults of, of my age nowadays um, still unsure of where they wanted to go in the in the career uh, and, and I wasn't the best at school I just I was just one of those guys that just you know it really it, I just enjoyed the fun of having a laugh with the lads and, and doing what you did yeah. but I never really spanned out of what exactly it was I wanted to really uh, do when I left school uh, however because uh, I used to help my mum and, and my dad like the odd time in, in decorating or jobs around the house. I didn't have a problem with doing that. So I actually went to college and did painting and decorating. But um, I, initially, I did want to join the army straight from leaving school. I didn't have a clue whether I was going to enjoy it or not. But uh, that was that was an area that I thought about doing it. However, I got talked out of it. My mum and dad said, get yourself a trade. I chose painting and decorating. And uh, I went off to college for three and a half uh, years and then did the advanced craft as well, which was all to do with wallpapering, marbling, um, wood graining and such and that, and my, uh, sign writing and such as well, in, in the old-fashioned using a brush and everything of that nature. Uh, and then uh, at 21 years old, uh, I, I come back, got dropped off uh, in, in my local, one of my local towns of Burnley, Went straight into the careers office after work, um, and then basically that was it. I signed up, come back home, uh, and told me mum and dad, and that was it. I signed up at 21 years old. Yeah, so that was obviously how you ended up in the uh, the military uh, per se, and uh, I suppose from that point you probably learnt an awful lot, sort of about sort of leadership more broadly. And I guess there's some real transferable skills that you've taken from that military career into sort of the career that you have now, and also trying to build your own business. I think I think it was actually sort of stemmed pretty much from my dad because my dad used to have a, a computer firm from years ago, you know, and. Ah. Then, uh, I, and I never went that route. I never wanted to go down that route. I know my oldest brother did. Um, but for me, I, I, I was an outgoing person. I wanted to see a bit more of the world. And But the the actual construction industry or the trade in general was actually to understand uh, the concepts of project management to a level. Even though I was young, it was seeing it happen, how it transitioned to start to finish of a job and everything that goes on in uh, in the ins and outs of it all. 
Um, and then from the point of joining the military, I was probably one of the uh, the older sort of ages, even at 21, and that's a young age. Some of the lads had actually been in already for like a year or two, you know, but they, they were younger than me. Um, so I think what I got was a few more life skills um, of, of general world. So I had a bit of an understanding of, of real world to the military world. Without a doubt, I do believe I had a little bit more maturity for that manner, but it doesn't necessarily mean I still had the uh, the banter of things in me in me my own right as well. And without a doubt, uh, the military doubt does transition you from that person that you you, you were to what they want you to become, uh, and then during that time, you do develop uh, a lot more skill set about you finding out more about you, how much you can challenge yourself. Um, Because it's just pure testing for the first six months, without a doubt. And that's where they they sift out. Uh, This is my belief, is how they start sifting out who they can consider uh, putting on to that first ranking uh, of of the way the game goes. Uh, But without a doubt, yeah, it was all all about team and individuality as well. but it's just complete family. Uh, I still I class it as even after being out there, the forces, I still class it as being a family. And that's the way it is. And having sort of experienced that, did it sort of feel quite easy then sort of transitioning into trying to build a business and sort of applying the skills that you'd learned into kind of building one yourself? Because, you know, you'd kind of, you'd discovered that individuality, you'd been through so much and it almost felt like a challenge that was, you know, that you were ready for. I do believe that we um, we do tend to have a lot more robustness about us because the environments environments that some of us have been in, um, and and understanding that uh, strength that we we do have under pressure. Um, I suppose one of the factors I always found definitely was having to understand that transition. Um, things had moved on. Twelve years is a long time of being uh, being out of the civilian world and. Business has changed, technology had changed, the systems and uh, and, and countries, had, in fact, had sort of joined together in, in the way that they do, allowing you to go here, there, and everywhere. It was just so mm. much more open. Uh, but for myself, really, it, the, the understanding of a business was then to try and understand the corporate side. How, how would it work? I did teach myself a lot of things. Um, I did do my resettlement coming out of the military, uh, in IT, um, a few different courses here and there, all because of the, the MLD paying for that. Um, however, it, you still have to understand and learn the the, the full concept of, of of what a corporate business is. It's brilliant to read a book. It's it's brilliant to watch videos and and get testing uh, done here and there. But once you're in a real world scenario and the environment you get placed into, it, it's pulling it all together, if you know what I mean, and, and then seeing it in real work. Um, now, that, that part for me was a bit of a benefit because I actually ended up as a first role mm. um, after a year and a half of struggling to get into work, uh, all due to lack of commercial experience, which never uh, I, I never understood that part because uh, my CV would have shown us um, 12 years military life. So, mm. um, However, the... the I joined the South Ribble Borough Council. Uh, I was the only IT uh, engineer on site. However, I worked with two uh, system admins, and one of them was an ex-RAF 
gentleman anyway. Mm. Um, and over that four and a half years of working within that uh, public sector of things, it was absolutely perfect because uh, I started understanding more again and realising a bit more about how the council works with real world people. I never understood that prior to, to joining the army, even though I've been a, uh, working in city street, I didn't have to pay bills and such of that. I was still living at home. Mm. Um, but uh, there was uh, so much that it, it really did uh, enlighten, enlighten me too. But I was still in the, in the areas of wanting to train myself up and understand and learn more. Um, even though my role was a different part of uh, IT, it was an in, the infrastructure of things, um, I actually was also learning and trying to understand more about the online side of things, or as you call it, IoT, Internet of Things. Um, and during that time, you could probably say that the Facebook of the world and the LinkedIn of the world, they were in a very new form at that stage. Mm-hmm. And they, they haven't really been um, globalized in the manner that they are as of today. Uh, and that took a, a couple of years for Facebook to get themselves going. I think about 2009 and 10 was really when they, they became something big. Uh, and LinkedIn took a bit longer than that. Um, so I had to understand those parts and, and I had created, I started creating something. I, I spent a little bit of money on my own, uh, my own funds um, and I created something called CVI Talent and I was using a company in Manchester. However, the, the, there was, there was a, a weak set of technologies still at that stage to what I was trying to really achieve. Mm. I, I, I looked into a lot of different companies uh, one of them definitely WordPress because it was it still is big, uh, but WordPress was a, a qu- quite a big area of what I was looking around, uh, doing a little bit of testing and trialing myself as well. Um, and it was only actually um, probably the, the, the last four or five years that I've actually really focused on exactly what it all needed to be. Um, However, I'd also been researching around the, the areas for the past 10 years, the uh, the world of recruitment, um, online job boards were, what recruiters did, what employers wanted to try and set out to, to uh, fill a, a job post as well. And I've learned so much and I have it all, a lot of it in documentation, write my own things. Um, I've, I've looked into the problems, what job seekers have faced, the, the areas of what recruiters and employers have faced. Um, and and, and the, the only reason I started doing something was because I was struggling myself to get into a role. Yeah. And it did, like I say, say, it took me a year and a half. Um, and I wanted to make that change. I wanted to see something different. Um, the worst thing I find, and I know for a fact, by speaking to job seekers and even people in general, um, the worst parts of it all is that some of those job boards are still like 20 years old. They're all integrated to each other and connected to each other, but they just, they don't, they're just not helpful and beneficial enough for a job seeker. This day and age, it should be more about the job seeker and not just the job role. Um, Cause uh, I, I do definitely um, uh, think that the 20 to 30% of a CV is, is the whole process. Um, that's that first match of somebody's CV to the job itself that you're trying to fill. Whereas the second stage of it uh, stems down to the job seeker actually being um, invited to an interview. And then it's down to them. The 70% of it is, is really down to them to, 
to hopefully get that um, selling point of themselves to to the the, the um, potential employers. But they need that little bit more. People want to see a bit more. I think one thing I've realised was skill sets of people um, are, are very varied. Like I, I, I'm, I, I class myself as a jack of all trades, master of none. I've never specialised in anything in IT or any other area really, apart from probably my decorating side, um, which I've, I've left and I'm just using my own sort of uh, time of things. But um, the, the areas of skill sets is people struggle to find work or school to get into a job. But if you look into their career history and not just the CV, but what other things they're in, interested in, what other things they like doing, they, they've got a varied amount of skill sets. And this is where I, I wanted to create something that was beneficial for job seekers, not just to reach out for something that they want to per, perhaps go towards. Because I think sometimes the push towards these roles of job roles, and they may not actually like it. They're just there to hopefully pay those bills. But uh, it, it's just that they, they have other niches about them. In their own time, they're probably doing things that nobody knows because it's not part of their CV. And unfortunately, that's what a CV uh, focuses on. It's just exactly what you're trying to get uh, get a job for. Um, so I wanted to open up things completely. Um, LinkedIn, as, as far as I see, are a, a business site. Um, and it, personally, I think it's gone downhill a bit in certain certain areas. But um, all they did was simply just plug on another job board on the side. Um, and it's again, it, it, it's partial there, but it's nothing beneficial for the job seeker. And you tend to think that all companies tend to focus more on the actual recruiters because they're the ones that are paying the funds into the the the, the business of things um, as, it, as it evolves that way. Uh, and then they just hopefully uh, try and get a job seeker to match those jobs for them. Mm. And so I wanted to really bring it out to be more beneficial, more, more for the job seekers. Um, I, although I've, I've, I have been, uh, in, or in the process of improving areas for um, the recruiters. And I, I've got so much on there and I've got somebody currently that I, I, I hire outsourced uh, from but he's not from the UK but because of the cost because um, I'm bootstrapping you see so everything is funded by myself here every month and, and that's, how, that's the only way I've, I've been able to, to get myself going you know I have showcased it I've showcased it to quite a few recruiters um, and uh, various different people here and there um, and it was only um, on Friday I, I, um, I met a gentleman down in Preston just who, who runs a, a recruitment business. Um, and, and just a, a quick overview on some parts, and we had a good discussion. I have considered potentially moving towards that recruitment area for me for my own career um, while I'm still in that process because I've I, I just learned so much and I... I I still have that passion for it uh, of what I'm trying to achieve. I know it's taken a while and I know it's uh, it's slow and methodical and all that, but at the end of the day, I still I still have that passion and drive for, for doing what I do. 
Yeah, and I think uh, what you are doing as well is addressing a very long-standing problem because there's been a, there's been a lot made, hasn't there, of how difficult it is for sort of veterans leaving the armed forces to transition back into civilian life and transition back into work. So I suppose that's one thing that's certainly at the forefront of your mind, given that you've had a negative experience with that. But also, I mean, when it comes to people that are sort of hard to reach when it comes to employment, those that are at risk of being unemployed long-term, you, you look at job centres, for instance, and you find that they are just trying to shoehorn people into sort of, you know, the earliest available role that needs to be filled. And it could be something that's, you know, very basic, that's not necessarily conducive to their needs, not something that they're going to enjoy. And the idea of this is to sort of fundamentally address that. It's essentially putting the job seeker forward to try and match them to a role which is sort of suitable for them and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, my my initial focus was thinking, shall I start, and this was a good few years ago now, shall I start for just doing the military side? And I didn't want to do that. And the reason for that is is because I was a civilian at this stage. I knew the transition was a struggle for myself, but um, I was then a civilian. So uh, for me, it it was to try and make something that I could utilize both parts of that. There's so many more job seekers in the civilian world than there is those coming out of the forces, whether it's in the UK, America, or wherever it be. But and, and the likelihood is those same uh, problems still uh, persist, if you know what I mean. Mm. And you're right in the in the sense of that the longer the time that you're out of something of that nature, it, it does become a point of, ugh, you know, it, it really does become a, a, a if you've got a family, it's a, it really does become a pressurised area. But one point uh, I do definitely believe is, um, unfortunately, stats are there for a reason, mm. but they're also utilised in the wrong way. Um, it, 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 or in the, in the governmental side of life, is that um, to ensure that they meet those stats per month or per calendar quarter, or whichever it be, is that they try and force and push people into roles that potentially they're probably going to be in for about two or three days or maybe a couple of weeks or such, and then leave again and start the same process. The idea is to try and give people that little bit more to not just be felt like they're being pressured and pushed into towards a role. Understanding there are people on benefits and, and that's a problem in itself in general. It has been for many years, but... Um, is to give something that they're going to enjoy uh, and do. Now you can't you can't always focus on just one area. There could be a lot more to it, you know. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. I mean, it isn't just as simple as sort of shoehorning people into employment. I mean, it has got to be something that sort of you know fits their sort of skill sets, their requirements, and also vice versa. And and what in what is as well a very difficult environment for recruitment right now in a lot of key industries, uh, the the job seeker does have a lot more influence, perhaps more so than they uh, than they have done in the past, because um, they're going into sort of job interviews and they're a lot more conscious now about what their prospective employers, you know, corporate social responsibility policies are, ESG, all of that sort of thing, what kind of flexible working arrangements they offer to their employees. So, you know, business leaders have got to be very, very conscious of these changes as well. And, you know, this seems like the business idea that you're sort of hoping to execute. It's it's going to fit into this, those sorts of changing times. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the initial areas of, of 
coming out of the military side was uh, yes, you do get put onto a, a CV training course and such of that. And but this isn't just the military. This is some people coming out of school and, and yeah. maybe college and such. And there is a, so much more help online to give you that idea and guidance. But it doesn't always necessarily mean that the individual is going to be great at writing them. Yes, there is services out there that you can pay for to to get people to to aid you in that in that uh, sort of matter. But I do believe that if you want to find somebody, uh, then surely you want to find their real them, and not you get, it's an area that people improve on, and we all improve as we get older, or you'd like to think we do. But sometimes it they may be uh, just that need that little bit more help and guidance as we're going through those stages. And before you know it, if you hire somebody, uh, and I believe this is how it used to be, like way before my time, but people just got hired and trained up into those skill sets. They weren't interested in, in whether you had a degree of such of that nature, unless you were right up there in the areas of, of politics or high-end business areas. Um, but within the, the real sort of uh, hands-on jobs and those that the workers in the factories and such, they were just hired, they were trained. Um, nobody was interested in about, uh, you know, the, the degrees and certificates. And I think we we do miss miss that part of of where we're as it just as a, a Great Britain in general. We look at a lot of the other countries around the world; they're catching up, and they have done. Uh, and some of them have even surpassed us. And yet we're still in that sort of old rule of, of still trying to uh, keep some form of of, of of past, if you know what I mean, of, of CVs and rules and regulations. There's a lot of it. And I do believe they are there for a part reason, but sometimes you have to be that little bit more flexible. Um, but on, on the side of, of what I, I really did want to work towards, is, uh, you'll probably possibly have even been down the road yourself, and uh, it was the lack of knowledge of creating a good CV, the struggle to find a job in a chosen work sector, because mm. there's so much of a mishmash on the online side of the world. There's so many agencies you could speak to, and um, they do sort of ghost. There is a bit of ghosting, as they call it nowadays, uh, and that happens on both parties. Uh, conversion of military skill sets, those coming out of the military, how do you convert those skill sets into a civilian recognized format? Um, that's an area that I, 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 I know I want to achieve. I have got an idea of how I'm going to do that. It just takes a little bit more work, but that's in a, sort of going to be on a stage two of things in future. Um, I just have to get the first first part of things created. Um, but then there's too many job boards to register and upload and create your CV and more. And if you have to update it, you have to go back to those sites. And if you've got 20, 30 sites that you're registered to, mm. it's just it's it's just crazy. But then I, I don't understand why some employers and agencies hold uh, hold CVs and job seeker data because by the by the time they've hired them and put them into a position why do you need to see the uh, anyway it just, it just seems pointless there's so much that I've got in, in problems that I've, I've worked on for both parties of job seekers employees and, and agencies and uh, to to sift it all out and get rid of the, the rabble of it all and, and more accurately match job seekers to, to roles I think one thing recruiters will always tell you is that when they post an advert somewhere, 
it, they'll spend an age having to go through the 200 or 250, say, potentially applicants to find out those that they can shortlist. It, you know, and, and I've, I've sort of created a, a solution to that factor um, while getting them more accurate and, and more flexible. You know, it's just it's just one of those factors I've had to sort of look at and, and work towards and hopefully... That'll be where I'll, I'll head towards in this next say, few months. Yeah, so the vision is to sort of really revolutionise the recruitment sector in that sense and make life easier for everybody, both the job seeker and also the uh, the recruiters. But um, obviously, we know that it's still in the stage of uh, quite sort of early development. So if we look ahead maybe to sort of a year from now, Adam, just before we wrap up on the uh, the programme today, uh, where ideally do you see the business being by, let's say, sort of the end of next year? Uh, by the end of 2023, I'd, I'd definitely be thinking that uh, stage one is up and developed and, and then it's live as well. Uh, there are the legality parts to it, obviously, nowadays it's terms and conditions and cookies and privacy and such of that nature. Um, but yeah, I, I'd definitely like to think that stage one, it would be well and truly. Reality is that I'd like to think it would be live by middle of next year. Um but, you know, things could take uh, that little bit longer than expected or uh, it could be done a lot quicker. I'm not too sure. I, I, I don't focus on re- uh, reaching out too much to investors or any of that nature. I, I do have a lot of connections on, of people on LinkedIn and such, but it doesn't really um, bother me if I, if, I, if I do. If I don't get one, at the end of it, I'll just continue the, the, the task I've set myself. Um, as far as I see it, it was about helping people in general and I wasn't ever overly interested. I know money's a, a big thing and it could, it could really totally, truly help me out altogether. But um, I think my focus has just been on getting it created and getting it done. So I've not really, not really sent any letters out. I've not really properly reached out to anybody. If they ask, then I haven't got a problem with sending a bit of a pitch deck across and if they... The, the problem being is there's a lot of mindset of, of investors that um, they'll tend to say it, it's um, a saturated market. Well, mm. it, it, it may be, but it's still the same problem, whether it's saturated or not, or problems. Um, but then they don't see the vision of what um, us, us, as they call us entrepreneurs, I don't like to think myself that way, but I think what we tend to find is because we don't have that funding, we tend to work around all those areas of being able to get to where we want to get to. But we vision something that we know we can create and I know it's been going to be beneficial for this, that and the other. Whereas they just see it as the potential that it could be a money generating machine. Well, that, that, that's not what I set it out to be. Uh, it may become that, but the, the initial idea for me is to be beneficial for people and help the many people. That's how I see it. Yeah, it's certainly understandable from my point of view, Adam. And um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see exactly what sort of trajectory it does take over the next 12 months. And who knows, I mean, when stage one is up and running, when maybe stage two is up and running as well. I mean, it may even be good to sort of catch up and have you back on the programme just to kind of reflect on that journey. And who knows, by that point, having sort of started the business from scratch to go and really make a difference, it could even be a point of time where you can share some pearls of wisdom to sort of younger aspiring business leaders as to how, you know, you've you've done it all from scratch and just look back on the journey. 
I think just to get into the stage of where I've, I've got to, uh, I'd definitely say that time, time and patience have to be, they tell you to um, get it going and fix the problems later. I don't, I don't think to me that works because your first impressions to anybody uh, generally is, is what that people turn be turned off by. So mm. personally, I, I think make sure if you're going to do it, go all in, get it all done. I'm not saying throw money at it left, right and centre. I've been patient and with how I'm doing it. Uh, I budget myself on what I can spend per month and such of that nature. Um, read and research as much as you can. As, and if there's something that you suddenly go, oh, what's this? Then have a, get in there, have a look at it and see what it's all about. Um, but in, in general, for, you, for themselves, is, is don't don't expect it to happen overnight. It doesn't work like that. Get it, give yourself a time of, of understanding everything that you're trying to achieve and just get yourself on it and, and work at it. That's all it's about. Um, I, 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 I've got skill sets that I don't, that I'd like to have, um, shall I say, in, in what I, I'm trying to achieve, which is, is being a programmer or web developer as such. But um, it's not so much I don't have the patience, it's the fact I just simply don't have the time to have to learn that. And you've got people that are out there already, um, and if you can if you can find them, then take your time, find them. You may be able to be beneficial by making a team and, and such, and eventually, before you know it, you've got a team that are, are fully uh, established and ready to go and get it created quicker. Um, but definitely patience and time is something that I've, I've, I've had to look at just because of the way uh, funding is and, and mm. obviously the fact that the majority of it has been created by myself. Exactly that. And it just goes to show, doesn't it, that the legwork that has to go into building a business um, for yourself from scratch and really making that work. And we've had some incredible success stories on this very show over the uh, the last couple of years. And hopefully this is going to prove to be another one, Adam. So certainly best of luck in really executing that to the best possible effect. And as I say, it'd be great to welcome you back in future and just see where it's all uh, where it's all heading. Yeah, it'd be good, Scott. It'd be good actually, just to see myself. Uh, if, we, if we had a crystal ball, then I'd be uh, be ace. But unfortunately, we don't. Yeah, that's exactly it. So we could certainly, of course, uh, leave the uh, the door open to uh, to review this um, at a future time because I'm sure, of course, this is going to resonate with a lot of the sort of young um, business people out there who, you know, might have that big idea and maybe just sort of teetering around the edges as to how they go about executing it. The message here is just, you know, go all in, take the plunge, have a comprehensive suite of what you feel the problems are going to be and simply just go for it. Yeah, it is all about just go for it. But at the end of it, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, and there's all these companies, the big companies, they all have to start somewhere. I do think it's it's tough at this day and age because there's so much more competition. Mm. But at the end of the day, that's why it's called competition. Um, when they say there's a saturated market, that's they're the one. They're going to be the ones that are going to be looking at you. They don't know you're coming, and that's the thing. Exactly that. Uh, food for thought for everybody tuning into this particular program. And uh, if you are listening into this and you know you are a uh, business leader or the head of an organization and you feel that you have your own pearl of wisdom to share or want to bring your own topical matter or issue to the discussion table, then by all means, we want to hear from you. So why not also apply to be on the program yourself like Adam via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Um, it has been fantastic today uh, listening to uh, Lover Jobs, uh, Adam Kilshaw talking all about the uh, the plan 
plans for the business and that sort of transition from his military career into a more corporate civilian one. And Adam, thank you again for your time. It's been great uh, listening to you and uh, by all means, uh, take care and I'd love to, uh, to catch up again in future. Much appreciated for the invitation, Scott. Thank you. And to all of our listeners tuning into today's programme, I do hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed today's interview. I've been your host, as always, Scott Chaloner, on this episode of the Leaders' Council podcast. Take care all and goodbye.